What's going on everybody? It's Jabbing with Jamar, episode 24. Um, this episode is titled The End of a Dynasty and a New uh, Dawn of the New Day. Um, so uh, this is going to be a little different episode than what the normal one is. I mean, I'm going to go over a little bit of like just comment and uh, information, but um, it's more so for the audio version. So if you really don't want to watch, it's probably not going to be all that entertaining. Um, it's just be for the people who listen to the audio version. Of it. So we'll jump right into it. All right, listen across, uh, looking across the college football landscape, you'll get uh, some elite teams and not so elite teams, and teams that are tough to beat, and teams that can barely even win. So, um, as we're looking at this stuff, I like to think about um, the example of Alabama. So we'll just use it, Alabama. Alabama's been kind of the, uh, kind of like the the moniker of what like college football teams want to be and what they want it to be for a really long time um for at least a decade i would say so um alabama ran through this conference for let's say just a decade and had one of the best runs in ncaa history so let's just say um only other team i think that might have had a good run like that was maybe like the florida states and the miamis um, but other than them, like there hasn't been a whole lot of teams that have made like this type of run that Alabama's made. Um, so in that particular time, in this ten-year span, this is all that's happened in the college football. So in the college football world, so you have uh, Florida has ceased to exist and then came back. UGA died and came back. Uh, South Carolina remained lackluster in their conference. Um, LSU um, and then. LSU made the biggest coaching hire since Nick Saban left with Ed Orgeron, but nobody wanted that to happen. Also in that time frame, Dabo was hired, and then the Pac-12 has not been in prominence in quite some time. And then, of course, Notre Dame has come and just pretty much crapped all over their own name. But whatever. Um, so, the Empire has fallen. But then still the narrative is pushed that the SEC is the best conference in the nation, which in many regards, the top elite teams in the SEC are great. Don't get me wrong. The LSUs, the the Georgia, the uh, Alabama, sometimes Florida, depending on which one you get. And Auburn's been decent throughout that decade time span that we're talking about. So. If we continue looking at the landscape of things and you continue to kind of want to be like one of the people that, you know, debate the the narrative that SEC is the best based on they have better teams and they have or just means more is like their little slogan. Um, it may just mean more. That might be the case. It might just mean more. The games might just mean more to the people down there or whatever. But that doesn't mean you have better teams. And I'm going to I'm going to kind of uh, section that by saying in the last decade. And we'll talk about going, you know, past the college football playoff. We'll go a little bit farther than that. So we'll go five years, well, maybe like three years outside of that. So outside of that, the last team to win a regular BCS bowl game or BCS championship was Florida State. Then Florida State rolled into the college football playoff in which we know that Clemson wasn't in the first one or maybe two of them. And then after that, it was Clemson and Alabama back and forth, back and forth. In that time span of that, those teams going back and forth, back and forth, you've had some Oklahomas drop in there. You've had a, a Ohio State or two drop in there. But since then, uh, there's only been one big team, ten, big 
10 team win and then the rest has been SEC or ACC but then the conversation is always oh the SEC is just better the competition may be better in the SEC but that doesn't mean that the top team the cream of the crop is better from the SEC because we've won just as many if not more uh, championships in the ACC than they have in the SEC so I want to go ahead and dispel that rumor right now like Florida State's got one and Clemson has two so that makes three Alabama's got I think three as well but that's the only team from the SEC that has made really any noise uh, Georgia went last year or whatever it did they kind of did their thing but they keep they can't get to the peak so if you're really looking at it the last four years it's only been the ACC and the SEC really representing the national championship game so that brings me to my next point okay so Oh, let's see, let's see, let's see. So it seemed like last year they were pat the mantle was passed from Alabama to Clemson. But not in the sense of what everybody thinking. Like not as like, oh well, you know, like uh, Clemson just demolished them. No, it was really just a passing of the guard, I felt like, because um it was like nobody could beat Nick Saban, nobody could beat Nick Saban. So then Dabo beats Nick Saban the first time. Oh, well he can't do it again, it's a fluke. And then okay, so they beat him. They beat him pretty bad. The last time they beat us, it was pretty bad. And uh before the championship was like the semifinal. They beat us in the semifinal. And they beat us pretty bad. So I was like, oh, yeah, well, Dabo's just, you know, he's just scratching the surface. He's not who we thought he was. So then, fast forward a year or two, we come back. We beat Nick Saban in his Alabama Crimson Tide pretty bad last year. And then everybody's like, oh, my gosh. Wow, now we need to start looking at it. But in the 10-year stretch, there hasn't been really a better couple years for it. Well, five years for a team in a long time. I mean, yeah, you can say Alabama had a good run, which that's the only one you can compare it to. But at this point, we've won 25 games, I think, at this point. Well, Clemson has won 25 games straight at this point. And the only other team that has more wins in a row is, I think, uh, I want to say it was Florida State. I think we're trying to catch up with Florida State now. Um, but that's neither here nor there. So, I also want to put in there that everything is kind of derivative of money. So, if you look at the college landscape now, um, if you look at the college landscape now, you'll see that, um, you'll start seeing that the top four teams are normally not the best teams all the time. It's normally just the teams with the most representation as far as the fan base and as far as money that can be produced if they have going to a bowl game. So... I would say that by saying this. The reason that Notre Dame got in the last couple years that they've gotten into and gotten completely demolished is because of their fan base and the money that they bring in and the type of following that they have. It has nothing to do with them being a better team or anything like that. Because if you really want my honest opinion, in most cases, Ohio State is always better than Notre Dame, if you just want to be honest about it. Um that's just my personal opinion. And Notre Dame has bet so many times in big games. Every, ever, ever since, was it USC that beat them? I'm thinking it might have been USC embarrassed them. Um, they haven't been very good. I mean, they've been okay, but it's because they play independent. They don't run into a conference championship game, so they never get exposed in the conference championship game. And then they schedule all the good teams that they play. They schedule them in the beginning of the season before those teams shake, take shape. So... If you're looking at it, when they play Georgia or whatever the case may be, they play those teams. Those teams aren't what they look like week 11 or week 10. They look like a team that's just starting out, just trying to figure things out. So that's how I kind of Notre Dame gets their way with the stuff that they get away with as far as, oh, we beat so-and-so, we beat so-and-so. Like, yeah, you beat them, but you beat them in week one. Like, that don't matter. Um, 
And I know they say every week matters, but the team week one isn't the team week ten. And if you want a perfect example of that, look at Clemson. That's, they're not the same team when it gets down to this this championship phase thing that they go through every year. Um, so if we do it like this, and we're going to keep going through what I got written, it seems like after that game, Clemson, from after the national championship last year, Clemson went from being the team that everyone – pulled for it and where everybody wanted to win to the team everybody kind of hated. We came, we got into the same category with Bama and it was kind of weird for like most I guess for me because I'm a, you know, a big Clemson fan. Like Most people would be like, oh I like Clemson, I like that guy Dabo. And so now it's like, oh I don't want to see those guys playing the national championship, national championship again against Bama. It's just people have the, the, the fatigue of watching the same teams play. And also I think the committee does too. I think the committee doesn't want to see the same game over and over again because it makes them look like they're not putting the, the top teams in but the top and the top team and the most deserving team ain't always the same thing sometimes the better team might have struggled they just might just be the better team because they're the better team they might be the most talented most skilled team they might just be the better team but they struggled at the beginning of the year they talk, took some losses so i think that when it's all said and done when all this playoff stuff is gets resolved the top teams aren't going to be in it just because they just they can't they physically can't do it anymore because they're losing so much money on the back end, and if you're looking at it from that perspective of like uh, the four best teams won't possibly be in it, then it kind of is disheartening because like there's a lot of biases. Even though they say there's not biases, they still have a cultural and a bias to like make money. So the making money this year will be to put Oregon in it. Oregon or Utah will probably be in the. the in the college playoff this year because now you've made room for them because Alabama's down when they lost a Tua and then they lost the game already. So you can take them out and everybody will be happy because it'll be something different than what they've seen in the last five to four years or the last seven years because Bama's been in it. Um, and so if you take that in consideration and you say all this stuff about, you know, Alabama this, Alabama that, Clemson this, Clemson that, you start throwing in new blood. So now LSU's in the forefront. They're in the driver's seat. Um, Ohio State's right behind them, and then Clemson, and then right now Georgia. So the the Georgia and LSU thing should work itself out. If it's if you know if it's what it's supposed to be, then I'm pretty sure LSU will go and take care of business against Georgia. But that don't necessarily mean it's gonna go that way. And if it don't go that way, then it's whatever. But in my mind, that should work itself out. So then they'll have their choice of putting in either Utah or Oregon. Depends on who wins their. Uh, who wins their conference and as people win and lose their conferences they'll start putting those people in depending on what's going on if and if this happens you will see uh, an influx of Oregon fans or Utah fans come out of the woodwork and it'll make for a better showing at the game even though those games seem to be packed but when you have a Clemson and Alabama playing in California, you're not really going to have the turnout that you would have if they were playing in Miami or they're playing in Al or Atlanta or New Orleans or wherever they have the national championship because it's normally uh, southeast. So that's just my particular point about that. So I'll also move on to the, the hate to love somebody. So a lot of times I feel like there's a conspiracy when it comes to the NCAA due to the fact that the teams that are doing very well always have something pop up on them every single year. It's something crazy. Like this year, it was Ohio State, and they're one of the front uh, front runners uh, for uh, 
you know, the national championship. They're number two. And all of a sudden now the stuff about Chase Young is coming out. And you know what's crazy about Chase Young coming out or whatever, that whole situation coming out, they only still only suspended him two games. So if you were really that made on the college football landscape, you would have suspended him more. But I think it's just a way to try to throw a wrench and change the narrative and have something to talk about. Because the season has been otherwise, other than this whole tour situation, it's been pretty boring. Um, so, you know, you got you know, you got a situation where they get to make, you know, talk about somebody for a little while, have something to talk about, make it irrelevant or whatever. Last year you had a situation with um the right before the national championship with Dexter Lawrence and the three other guys from Clemson. Um and that situation was I mean, honestly, Clemson had the best defensive line in the nation last year. So if that was the case, losing one guy, you still go out and you you still beat the number what number one team in the nation by like twenty or thirty points. So at the end of the day it doesn't change the narrative, but they just want something to talk about until that happens. I'm not I don't I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. I'm not saying that things don't happen to the players. But I'm saying that if that's the case, then they do a really good job of doing it at the right particular time. It's just weird timing for a lot of this stuff. Um, They also, when it comes to the NCAA, they kind of have their picks as far as, like, they find people that they like, and then that's who they kind of, like, publicize. That's who they want to have on TV and stuff like that. And I think that that, I think Dabo's time is running its course. I think that they liked them from the beginning, how he's, like, what he stood for, all the things that he was. But I think now it's just kind of just ran its course, and, like, they've moved on to the next person. So I think the new person that you're going to start seeing a lot of is Ed Orgeron. Like, people love the way he talks. Like, he's, he's Cajun. He's like a very uh, He's very I don't know He's he's a lot He's a lot in, But he's a good coach So I gotta give him that um, And then my last point For college football is I talked about this On one of my other Little reaction podcasts But this uh, I hate Bama to my core like I don't I don't like Bama I don't I don't have like necessary uh not, I have respect for them but that's it like I don't want to see them I don't like to I like to play them to beat them I don't like to play them because I like watching them play um I I honestly will say that I am the least Bama fan that you can possibly be but in that same sentence I'm a college football fan and um I understand what it is for these for these kids to play the sport and you know, risk their bodies and things like that. And their futures are a lot of times um, wrapped up in with their bodies and how they can hold up through a college football season, which is a very, this is a very violent sport. Like, football is really violent. Um, it's one of the sports that if you play it, you really got to love it because it's a lot of injuries that come with it. Um, I say that to say this. Um, Tua got hurt. Well, Tua Tagovailoa got hurt this last this last week. And, um, and I think for a little bit of it, I was actually kind of shook. Like, a little bit. Like, I mean, I expect him to be hurt. Like, you know, maybe tweak his ankle again. But to find out, you know, he had, like, hurt his hip and broken, fractured uh, the hip part of his hip. It's like, I'm, I was, I was, like, thrown off. And then I was immediately sad. Like, not, like, crying. But I was immediately sad for this kid. When I saw him not moving, like, you had to lift him up, put him on a gurney and, like, on a cart and, like, get him off the field. Like, in moments like that, you realize that the name on the jersey doesn't matter. You just, it just doesn't. Like it, there's times in every fan's life where you'll realize that this is just a game, and as much as you like a team, 
these are kids still. Like, two is like 20 years old at the most. 21, maybe. He's still a kid. Like, this guy's going to have to live with whatever injury or whatever uh, side effect that comes with him hurting his hip for the rest of his life. And that's something he's going to deal with. And then I started seeing other things, like, right around the time that, you know, it happened. People are not knowing the severity. And, you know, Clemson fans and others just saying stuff like, oh, it's two is out. Congrats. Like, we got it now. Like, you don't want it like that. Like, nobody wants a championship on the back of an injury of a person that's going to be a generational talent on the next level. Like, you don't want it that way. And if you do, you ain't a real competitor and you're not a real fan. Like, fans don't really want it like that. The reason that I loved so much beating Bama last year is because we did it not only without one of our best defensive nose tackles ever, but we did it with them at full strength. They didn't have a whole lot of injuries. They weren't really banged up that much. We just went out and outplayed them. I mean, Tua was kind of banged up. But, I mean, you couldn't really help that. They played him, so he was out there. But at the end of the day, as a real fan, you don't want to get it like that. You don't want anything like that. And at the end of the day, if we were to play Ohio State, I wanted Chase Young to play. Like, I really did. I really want him to play. I want him to be out there. I don't want no excuses from any fan base why you lose. I want to be able to say, hey, you was at full strength. We went head-to-head, and we beat you. That's what I want. And I don't think people are I don't think people are wired that way. I think any type of way they can get it easier or with less type of strain, that's the way they want it. And that sucks. Because these kids are going out here putting their bodies on the line and people are out here saying stuff like, Oh, you know, like I'm glad he's hurt or stuff like that. Like, nobody in their right mind should be glad that a kid is hurt. It's it's stupid. It's retarded. I can't even go more into it. But you know, I'm praying for that guy, I'm hoping that everything works out for him. I hope he's able to get back on the field and at least walk. And do his normal routine that he normally does on the on the uh, on a regular basis. All right, and so that brings me to my next point. Um, tonight's ranking will be bittersweet. All right, it is gonna be bittersweet because I, I think they're really gonna put it put it to Alabama. I think Alabama's gonna be in the top, probably number seven, only because I think that they're pushing the narrative. They're trying to get Oregon in, and they they want Utah to have a spot. And I think Utah was seven last time. So I'm thinking if they if everything goes the way, um, think if everything goes the way that they want it to go, I think Alabama will be seven. But it's because they don't really have a way. They don't really have a they don't really have a path to the playoff at this point. Um, and it says, look what happened. To, and I said, look what happened to Clemson. Clemson won every week so far, and they still have dropped to number three. And at one point, they were number five. I think they were actually out of it. So you think they're not going to do that to Alabama? We didn't lose any players. We just didn't play great. Um, so this is the possibility that right now they're going to possibly lose the Iron Bowl, which would completely push them out of the top, the top four, top five. So my top five right now. So right now I'm thinking it'll be LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Oregon, Utah, then Alabama. Um, and people will be like, oh, we're going to be mad about it, but whatever. It's just where it's at. And then, last but not least, I'm just going to talk about the cap situation really, really quick. Um, I had talked about it before, but I just need to re-go over it for the people that actually watch it on a normal basis and listen to the podcast. Um, so, I think... So, Colin Kaepernick had his workout this weekend. Uh, we all know there was like some type of drama that went with it. He decided like three hours before the, the workout, he was going to move the workout to like 60 or 50 or 60 miles away. I'm um, at a local he was going to throw. He had his workout. He couldn't get the situation. He didn't want to sign a waiver as far as um, 
he he didn't want to. They didn't want him to be able to sue them if he didn't get picked up by a team, and then uh, it was some more stuff to it. Basically, it was a basically just saying he couldn't sue them for anything else anymore if they did anything wrong to him anymore. And they basically were disguising it by saying it was a. Which that sounds like some NFL stuff to do. Like it sounds pretty normal. So um, that's where we at. I think they they were already saying stuff like, "Hey, like." You know, if he does this, we're going to go ahead and get him out of here. They already know what they're going to do. I don't, I don't put anything past the NFL, but at the same time, in that same right, in that same thing, you're trying to, you're obviously trying to get a job from these people. So you clearly don't hate them that much if you're trying to work for them. If you really just hated them that bad, you wouldn't go back to the NFL. There's a plenty. If you want to play football, there's plenty of other leagues you can play in. There's a European league. There's these XFL leagues and stuff. Kaepernick will be the moniker of an XFL league. If he just went and played there, he would be the man. So it's not saying that you want to play, you don't want to, that you just want to play football. You want to play in the NFL. You want to be back in the big boys league and you want them to welcome you back with open arms. And I don't believe that that's going to happen. And I think he also knows that. So it's now he's trying to control the narrative of how, what, how it goes. And I'm not saying that he's wrong by any stretch of the imagination. I just think he went about it the wrong way. And then. Uh, after all this stuff is being said about, oh, well, you know, stop running from me or whatever the case may be. Are they running from you or are you trying to control the narrative? Because at this point in the game, they said, hey, come work out for us. Regardless of if you had bad feelings or not, if you really was that worried about having how you really worked out, then all you had to do was send a drone. Like, there's plenty of other ways to skin a cat. At this point in the game, you can record something without even being able to record it. Like, if that was the case, if you thought it was going to change the narrative that much, anybody could have recorded that thing and sent it to you. We're in the day and age where there's a million cameras a million different places. You can put a camera in a hat and nobody would even know. So I'm at a point now where I don't think it was just a part of him not being able to record it and him to controlling what they said about it and saying if he was bad or good. I think it was just him controlling the narrative altogether. There's a lot of distrust there, which there should be because neither one of them can be trusted. I don't trust Cap and I don't trust them. I don't know who I trust. And at the end of the day, now he's he's also shot himself in the foot because as a quarterback, you're awesome, you're almost in a position where the whole part of being a quarterback is directing the team. If you're going to put your own selfish needs over the team, no team's going to take you. This was a test, and I think Kaepernick failed it. I'm just being honest. I think he failed. I think he failed horribly. I think he didn't he didn't step out with the right mindset to get the job. Now, regardless if you get like I say. It's always a means to an end. If he really wanted to play that badly, he could have just said whatever he wanted, signed whatever he wanted, got in the league and did what he wanted. They're going to kick him out anyway if he don't do what they say. So at the the end of the day, it's all going to work out. Um, And now I'm looking at this other thing. Like somebody put up on my page and told me to kind of reference this. What quarterback spot would he take in the NFL right now? And I'm gonna read off a couple names to you, and I'm gonna tell you. And I tell you, if you think he would fit over any of these quarterbacks, not in any particular real order. I just went kind of from the top to the bottom. So it's like the people I thought about first, I kind of wrote first, and the people I thought about last, I wrote last. So I start first. So you got Rodgers, Brady, Wilson, Mahomes, Jackson, Watson, Prescott, Wentz, Garoppolo, Jones, Murray, Darnold, Rosen, Rivers. Tannehill, Mariota, Trubisky, and Haskins. If any of those names that you hear, Callan Kaepernick would start over those guys, let me know. Because that's a almost that's a good 20 teams right there. 
I mean, being honest. And then you also got to take in situation, what system does he fit into? All right? Even if he is a backup, is he going to fit into a system? Because right now, backups are as important as regular quarterbacks right now because the way they keep getting knocked off every week. Um, and then you got to look at the fan base. Is the fan base going to accept Colin Kaepernick? And I mean that to say this. Some teams are way more into the flag situation and think, still thinking about that, still worried about that, than most people really are. So if you go to – so you can't, play, you can't play in Dallas for more than one reason. He can't play in Tennessee. He can't play in Houston. He can't play in Washington. And he can't play in Denver or Arizona. Just because of the fan base. So how, they, how the fan bases feel. These are some of the strongest fan bases when the whole thing was happening with the flag to begin with. So I just feel like those won't be good places for him to land. So then you got to factor in who also needs a backup quarterback. I mean, I, they're very important, but who actually really needs another one? Um... And then last but not least, uh, I feel like we could use him in Pittsburgh. But, I mean, I don't know how he good he would mesh with uh, with Tomlin and Tomlin's stance. So, you got, you know, Villain Wave on that team. And you know how that happened when all the, the kneeling and stuff went down. They completely, you know, they did their own thing. Like, some people kneeled. Some people held hands. Some some didn't even come out the tunnel. It was nuts. It was, it was craziness. Um, and then maybe Miami. But I don't know how my like I said, I don't know how Miami would feel about um the Cole Colin Kaepernick situation. So let me know what you um just let me know how you guys feel about this episode. Um you guys can follow me on uh all the normal platforms, the YouTube, the Facebook, like you're on now. You can go through the anchor.fm or you can find me on Google Podcasts. Alright. Deuces.